So, on the back of yesterday's episode, I received a question to 089-6047-888. And that question was from past guest in front of the show, Pat O'Reilly. And goes as follows, and I quote, Are you going to do research in order to be able to justify why you didn't get the vaccine? Or are you going to do research in order to be able to justify why you did get the vaccine? I'd imagine you'll be able to find enough information to back up either decision, all depending on why you're doing the research in the first place. Excellent question, Mr. Riley. It's funny because when people... I've, I don't know if I've done an episode on this before. I don't think I have, but I, I intend to. And the episode that I'm going to do in the future will be based around this idea of what people mean when they say, that's a really good question. And... I'll glaze over here very slightly, but the gist of it is when people say that's a really good question, I'm beginning to think that they mean one of two things. A, they haven't a fucking clue, or B, they have an, a detailed and informed opinion on the matter. It's usually one of those two things or some variant of, of either of those two things. And in this instance, I think it's a great question because I have maybe not a ready answer, but I just I read it and I went, yeah. I was just smiling and nodding. I was like, yeah, I've got fucking loads to talk about here. And it's in that sense, it's a it's a very good question. Now, I am going to have to pick it apart a little because there's things that I like and things that I dislike about it in equal measure. One thing that screamed at me the first time I wrote it was something that is a bit of a, a misnomer. So, Patter mentions, quote, the vaccine, end quote. Sorry, yeah, so Patter mentions, quote, the vaccine, end quote. So he's referring to whether or not I'm going to get vaccinated in the same sense that am I going to take the vaccine? And I have no issue with taking vaccines. I have an issue taking the mRNA vaccine and the reason that I have an issue in taking that specific vaccine not quote the vaccine end quote I, th that's a misnomer I don't think there is a the vaccine okay so that's that's something that's incorrect as far as I'm concerned I don't think people should speak in those terms so I think the question the question that should be asked, generally speaking, is what are you going to do in relation to getting immunised against COVID-2, the virus that results or leads to the disease COVID-19? I know that's a bit of a mouthful. But again, and therein lies the problem, it is a bit of a mouthful. It's a hell of a lot easier to just ask, are you getting the vaccine? And I think we should simplify things down as best we can, generally. But in relation to something as specific as this, like you can dumb things down to the point whereby they bear no resemblance to the question that you're asking. And by asking, are you getting the vaccine? You've dumbed things down to the point whereby your question is misleading. If in a courtroom environment... I was asked, am I going to take the vaccine? I would hope 
that there will be an objection to that question because it's a misleading question. It assumes that there's one vaccine. When that's not the case, there are multiple vaccines. And they're not just... They're not different versions of the same thing. Some of them are using technology and information that's been around forever and some of it's brand spanking out of the box new. So the, I would take issue with the implicit bias in Pather's question because Pather's question, the way it was worded, implies that there's just a vaccine. And I'm. it implies that I'm wrestling over whether or not whether or not I'm going to take the vaccine, which isn't the case. So there's implicit bias in the question. Now, he also raises a very important, another very important type of bias, which is known as confirmation bias. And what confirmation bias is, is basically you're trying to find the answer to a question in your mind, but you have an inkling as to what the answer is. So instead of searching for the actual answer to the question, you go searching for the answer that you think is the right one. So just to, to kind of to dumb it down a little for myself, you're having a conversation with somebody. You're arguing over the length of a marathon. One person is saying that it's 42.2 kilometers long, and the other person is saying... That it's 40 kilometers long. You're of the opinion that it's 40. So what you do is you Google, is a marathon 40 kilometers long? And the answer to that question is yes. A marathon is 40 kilometers long. But a far better question to ask in the first place that would cancel out your confirmation bias would be instead of asking is a marathon 40 kilometers an hour because by asking that or sorry is a marathon 40 kilometers long by asking that what's implied in that is that it is 40 kilometers long and technically speaking it actually is it, it is 42.2 but by being 42.2 it's also 40. something that's 10 kilometers away is also eight kilometers away it's just eight kilometers plus some more but a far better question would be, how long is a marathon? There's no, there's no bias in that question. There's no implicit bias or confirmation bias in the question. But Pather's spot on in, in asking the question how he asked it. And I'm going to reread it. Are you going to do research in order to be able to justify why you didn't get the vaccine? Or are you going to do research in order to be able to justify why you did get the vaccine? And then he goes on, because he, he explicitly says it himself. I'd imagine you'll be able to find enough information to back up either decision, depending on why you're doing the research in the first place. So, although, I'll take, although I've taken issue with the fact that he used the term the vaccine, I don't like that. I think that's inaccurate. But I think, broadly speaking, the question was very well put. Because he's he's right, I'll find I'll find, and people generally will find whatever they go looking for. Like that old expression, when you're a hammer, everything looks for a nail. Sorry, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But the beauty, the real beauty of Pater's question is, 
it makes me it's given me need to make what it is that I'm going looking for explicit so that a I can hold myself accountable but b because I'm putting this online I can be accountable to other people because there's there's levels of accountability so what you think in the sanctity of your own head is one thing but what you upload to the fucking internet is quite another I have to be held to a higher standard. I have to hold myself to a higher standard. And I would hope that my audience would hold me to, or would at least help me hold myself to a higher standard. As Patter's question absolutely does. He's basically saying, well, here, hang on a second, lad. Are you, you know, just going to Google all the reasons that bolster your argument? Or are you going to actually try and disprove yourself or or, or, or or what's your game here basically and that's a great question to be put to me and what it's made me blissfully aware of is the need for me to spell out before I go looking what it is that I'm going looking for and I haven't thought about it a bit I think I have a couple of the things that I'm looking for the first one is there's this notion out there that not only is it not a vaccine, that there are multiple vaccines. But there is an argument out there that the mRNA vaccine isn't even a vaccine. It's it like te- it's, it, Technically speaking, it's not even a vaccine. So to call it a vaccine and to ask, are you getting vaccinated, is a complete misnomer. Now, I need to find out, because I haven't confirmed this yet, but I need to find out, do the people who have created this mRNA vaccine so called do they refer to it as a vaccine because if they don't then nobody else should and if if it's been positioned as a vaccine when it's not a vaccine like that's suspect as far as I'm concerned so I have to figure out as best I can do the people who came up with this call it a vaccine is it indeed a vaccine because if it's not it's not looking good at me taking it. If I'm being told to take a vaccine and it's not, in fact, a vaccine in the fucking first place. The next thing that I have to kind of figure out is how harmful COVID-19 is. Because I personally am not afraid of COVID-19. From what I have gathered over the last year and a half is that young, fit, healthy people like myself have essentially nothing to fear, really, in the broad scale of things. And over the last year and a half, I've been happy enough to close my business, I've been happy enough to stay at home and, you know, suffer the lockdown like everybody else. And that was in order to protect people, to protect the vulnerable, to protect elderly people, people with underlying illnesses. And I was happy enough to fucking suck up lockdown and just get on with it because I was protecting these people but these people have all been vaccinated now and out there in the ether are questions over whether or not COVID is as deadly as we've been led to believe so here's one for you it's my understanding that in Ireland every year between 200 and 500 people die from the flu and that can rise to about a thousand in a particularly bad year But for the most part, it's between 200 and 500 people die every year because of the flu. It's also my understanding that in the winter of 2020-2021, so the winter that we've just gone through, 
winter being when the majority of flu deaths usually occur. At least that's my understanding. Flu is the... Winter is flu season, basically. But in Ireland, according to the HSE, my understanding is that there wasn't one recording of flu in the winter of 2020-2021. Not one. So from... Between 200 to 500 deaths on average every year to not one confirmed case in what would typically be flu season. How many COVID deaths have essentially been flu deaths? Because again, the only reason that we're discussing whether or not to take a vaccine Especially for, you know, young, fit, strong men like myself. No underlying illness or whatever else. The only reason that we're considering taking it in the first place, or the only reason I'm considering taking it in the first place, is to save other people. But if the danger that I'm saving other people from has been overblown, that's cause for concern. So there, there's two things. Whether or not the people who invented this mRNA vaccine do in fact refer to it as a vaccine and if it is a vaccine or not, that's one. How harmful this disease is in the grand scheme of things. Because we're not all being asked to get the flu vaccine to save that two to five hundred people on average that die every year from it. Like, here's another one along the same vein. If you reduce speed limits across Ireland by 20%, there'd be a reduction in, you know, there could be a, a 50% reduction in deaths. Now, I, I plucked that 50% out of my arse. But presumably, if you made everybody drive 20% slower, there would be fewer deaths. Let's say you'd know, let's say it's, let's say it's put to you that you would save 200 deaths a year if there was a 20% reduction in the speed limits. You'd, you'd, you'd save 200 lives reliably every year from road traffic deaths if the speed limit was raised, or sorry, lowered 20% across the board. Like That's arguably the case. The deaths would go down. But you're not going to impose that on everybody because there's a cost associated with these lives that you're saving. And you have to weigh up, the, the, you have to do a kind of a, a cost-benefit analysis. And we have to do something similar here in relation to the danger of COVID and getting everybody inoculated and, and raising the herd, hum, or creating herd immunity and all that jazz. So it's by no means as simple as saying, if everybody gets vaccinated, we'll save X amount of lives. Because there's, at, at what cost? And it's funny because I don't have as much skin in the game here as most people because I've been sterilised. I've went and I've got myself a vasectomy a couple of years ago because myself and my wife decided that we had had enough children and that we didn't want any more and I went and I got a vasectomy. So I'm not worried that this new mRNA crack 
is going to leave me infertile or is going to affect my unborn kid's development. Whereas somebody else might have that concern. I don't have it because I've already opted out of the gene pool. I've contributed as much to humanity's gene pool as I'm ever going to. So I've less skin in the game there than somebody else. The other thing then, there's, there's another two component parts that I don't really need to do a whole pile more research into than I already have. And the first one is in relation to what's known as the lab leak hypothesis. If you were to mention the idea or float the idea that COVID-19 or the virus that causes the disease was created and or leaked from a laboratory. If you were to suggest that 12 months ago, you'd be just lumped in as a conspiracy theorist or a tinfoil hat wearing motherfucker or a flat earther. Ridiculed and laughed out of fucking the room. Off oh, your man and his fucking lab leak. Oh, it'll be fucking flat earth next. But that was a year ago. And we've gone from whereby you would get pulled from social media for pushing that narrative to the more recent narrative of it not being okay to speak about, but fucking likely. I I am currently under the opinion that the virus that causes COVID-19 was man-made. And I think that there's increasing evidence to suggest that that's the case. And that everything that you've heard of it transitioning from either bats or penguins or whatever else, as the credibility for the lab leak hypothesis goes up, the credibility from it jumping from nature, organically say, goes down. The other one then that I haven't mentioned is ivermectin a drug that was originally developed to fight parasites, but is used as antiviral medication and has been around, I don't know, 30, 40, maybe even close to 50 years, has been administered hundreds of millions, if not billions of times, has been used over long periods of time. It's been used in massively high doses accidentally without any adverse effects and is just generally far better understood than mRNA technology say which is only 10 months old my understanding of this drug ivermectin is that not only is it as capable of reducing transmission as any of the vaccines but that it's also incredibly good at treating the disease so it's it's every bit as good as the vaccines at treating and preventing transmission of the disease the only problem with ivermectin though is that it's out of patent there's no money to be made in it so there's no incentive for anybody to promote it basically there's incentive for you to promote the thing that you have a patent on And the pharmaceutical industry, like most, if not all industries, is based around generating profit. It's what it's there to do. It's its express purpose. 
you throw in the fact that these pharmaceutical companies have sought and been granted immunity from prosecution in relation to what might be coming down the line in relation to these mRNA vaccines. And you pool all this information together and you're left with more questions than you are answers. So in an effort to close this out and to circle back around to Patter's question, which was essentially, are you doing research in order to confirm that you're not taking the vaccine or are you doing research to confirm that you are taking the vaccine? My answer, as honestly as I can put it, is my research is to answer the couple of questions that I outlined. And depending on the answers that I get, that will dictate whether I do or don't take the vaccine because I'm undecided. I'm genuinely undecided. I obviously have my concerns. Otherwise, I wouldn't be making this recording or having these thoughts. But if I can find out that the guys who came up with this RNA crack do call it a vaccine... If I can find some explanation why there was no flu recorded in the previous year. If I can better understand why ivermectin and other antiviral drugs aren't being put forward as a viable option or alternative. And if I can get some better understanding as to why people lost their online platform because they were promoting a lab leak hypothesis. Other than it went against the narrative of big tech and big media and big pharma and big government and all the rest of it. My decision ultimately whether or not... Or, or, my decision ultimately on how to progress... Through all this territory will depend on the answers to those questions. And the answers to those questions bear no resemblance or have no association with what I think either way. I think the question of do the people that came up with this RNA crack, do they call it a vaccine? That's a, a fairly straightforward question. It's akin to asking how long is a marathon? The other ones aren't as straightforward, but I'm aware of implicit bias. I'm aware of confirmation bias, explicitly so. And I'm thinking about this out loud and on the fucking record for a reason. It's it's to it's so that I have some sort of accountability. It's that I, so I can I can actually show my thought process. I can listen back to previous episodes. I can open up the floor to my listenership for better questions than I might be able to come up with myself because oftentimes what happens is we're so caught up in our own bullshit that we can't see the wood from the trees and that's I I talk about this all the fucking time this idea of framing this idea of perspective and that's why I came up with the fucking WhatsApp number in the first place to get feedback from different perspectives and I hope to get more and more as I build my audience so again if you've any questions, queries, concerns, recommendations, thoughts, I am fucking all ears. You'll get me on 089 60 47 888. And on that note, I'll chat you soon.